Welcome to Podcast 2187. Enjoy the show. And don't forget to submit your blaster for inspection. How you doing, Pringles? Julius Pringles. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so welcome to Podcast 2187. And this is, I want to say it's episode 118, I think, because I think last time I said it was 117. I'm pretty sure. That so, sounds like, both those things sound like you. <laughs> well, so thank, thank you, everybody, who's who's been, if there's anybody who's still here, who's been here from the beginning, first off, thank you. Secondly, how? But no, I mean, I, I know everybody goes back and listens to their first episode and are always, you know, wondering how they made it or whatever i haven't done that i haven't listened and honestly i think i'd be fine with it you know i don't know how you guys feel but like i feel like considering where we were and the resources we had and everything i think we did pretty okay for a first episode on our own you know we could always if there's a like a lull you know in star wars news we could always do an audio commentary on our first uh episode why not? That'd be interesting. It'd be our voices on top of our voices. Mm-hmm. It would be uh, Podception. I don't know. Yeah, and and it'd be like we, they'd have everybody play a game. Is this current day Mark or is this two years ago Mark? Uh, or well, almost? Are we, are we almost three? Yeah, we're not that far from three. Wait. Oh no, we're, it'll be three in January, dude. Yeah. Oh wow. Three years. <laughs> We'll complete complete three years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is my third year in in LA, so yes. Dang. Wow. Because yeah, and we also because I think the first episode was the was January of sixteen after Force Awakens. Time uh, a few weeks after it came out. Fools of us all, huh? (laughs) So wow. All right. Um. Well, surprise to everybody, we have some Star Wars to talk about tonight. A little bit. A little bit. Uh, I guess the first thing we can go ahead and I think I'm just going to turn it over to Mark and see whatever just here's your minute to talk and, and say whatever you want to say and get out of your system about resistance for this week. Mark's resistance uh, minute. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what we were at? Yeah, that's our, that's our segment. You yes. can just probably play what I said last time. For this episode. <laughs> still, still how you still how you feel like you're okay with it, but it's yeah. not like I don't want to, you know what? I don't want to say apathetic because because that's uh, that sounds too negative. I'm just like, oh, it's resistance time. It feels like it's, it's uh, really apathetic, just without the connotation that sort of, you yeah. know what I mean? Well, like it's just true, like scientifically speaking, like like, like clinically speaking, you just don't. You know, either way, I, I I'm kind of fascinated with that kind of uh, super. I mean, you guys know how much I like to. Try and see both sides for the most part, so that that uh, definitely appeals to me. That kind of super neutrality. It always makes me think of a Futurama episode where there's a neutral planet, and Zap Brannigan, who I'm sure, as you know, uh, Mark, if you've ever seen it, is based on classic Shatner, uh, C- Captain Kirk. And so he's just like a blowhard and a doofus, and he somehow gets into his head that like the, that the neutral planet is their enemy, and he has to destroy them. <laughs> and he's like, "Look at them seething with their evil neutrality." <laughs> blah, blah, blah. But as he as he's blowing them up, the president of the neutral planet looks at his aide and goes, "Tell my wife I said hello." <laughs> and I think like, that's like, the best thing in the world <laughs> because that's that is truly neutral. <laughs> like it's like, it's like, it's like tell her hi. <laughs> So, but again, it, it's not, it's not, uh, this, things are starting to get closer and closer as far as, uh, you know, uh, um, 
like a steady a steady through line through everything. Um, and the resistance is coming, not the resistance, but uh, uh, first order is, is slowly making more and more of an appearance. So it's it's definitely entertaining, but I, I can't say I give it my one hundred percent undivided attention. It's not must see right. engaging television for you. It's not it's not something that, like you like you're just driven to every week, like when Lost was on or whatever. Yeah, no, it, it, it it's like uh, twenty two minutes. Out. Let me put it on. And, I get uh, that. There's there's shows I watch like that. Like I feel like I watch a, a lot of the, or I guess most of the DC uh, shows still at this point. I, I gave up on Arrow finally, <laughs> but, but <laughs> most of them that I do watch, like it's just very similar. Like it's, I, I enjoy it, but it's not, and, and it's not, there's nothing really negative. Or I wouldn't be watching it, but it's also like not, it's nothing I'd stress out if I missed it or if I, you know, or I'd feel yeah. like compelled to catch up immediately or whatever, you know, like, just, well, just, whatever. So it's about your level of engagement, I guess. Right. I think so. I wouldn't be watching it if, if it wasn't star Wars. Yeah. I At totally all. get that. that. That is a good way to put it. And that's kind of how I feel too. And that's kind of what I was thinking when I was watching the last one. I feel like with, I don't want to be the guy who's making always making the comparisons, but with Clone Wars, that had a, a very strong Star Wars feel in most of it. Maybe that's because George Lucas was behind the story. I don't know, but no, well, it, well, I it was think... there. And, and like with Rebels, again, like for me, it was kind of on and off. Like sometimes it felt like Star Wars, sometimes it didn't, but it was it was always kind of there. And this one, it feels. You know, the setting is Star Wars, but I just don't get that strong same. It doesn't quite feel like the same franchise to me. But it's the most, it's the, it's really the most farthest, the most farthest, it's the <laughs> farthest removed from typical Star Wars as far as a show or that we've gotten. Yeah. Um, you know, at, at least with, with Clone Wars, obviously, it's featuring characters from the movies. With, right. With Rebels, it's featuring, you know, um, obviously offshoots of clone wars and it, it features a couple jedi and well it does feature some characters from the movie but still it's just not uh and a familiar era right right and now it's like okay this isn't really that familiar of an era here's a couple characters from the movies and i don't know what you're getting i mean we're, we're, it's there, there's really not much racing even i thought this might be a racing show and there's not even any racing yeah yeah, I, I was looking forward to that because, like, with the previews and um, seeing how the animation looks for the ships, I was looking forward to, and it still could, you know, really turn out to be much more about the racing. But so far, I am kind of missing that. But I, I see, I see what I mean. I see where they're going a little bit, but at the same time, I don't see why I care. <laughs> well, no, I don't, and, but I don't mean that. I don't mean that no, in a bad way. You, you, I, yeah. I, no, but I get it. It's just not doing it for you. You're not saying it's an awful thing. You're just saying it's not drawing you in enough to get you engaged in what it is. Even though you can see where they're going, it's not that it's over what? your. Head Do you care if I spoil anything, Jared? No, no, no I'm, I'm, I'm fine with it. So essentially, it's one of those situations to where you know, like the old days with the mob or or, or whatnot, to where a group comes in and says, "Hey, do you need protection?" And they're like, protection? Protection from what? No one pro- no one hassles me. And, and they hassle like, them and they're like, oh, how'd that happen? Yeah, time time <laughs> time for some protection. So that's that's the situation with, with sort of the the monolith. Is it monolith? Whatever it is. The mm. the giant floating space location. Yeah, anyways. They're you know, the first order says, Hey, we we can protect you, you know, this is what we do. And they're like, We don't need your protection. And then guess what? 
here's the space pirates blowing stuff up. And then he's then so then the guy calls the first order and says, Okay, we could probably use your protection. <laughs> so I don't know what the first order wants with this place anyways. I'm not sure <laughs> if it's worth anything. You know, it's it's on a planet. They haven't really went into if there's like resources on the planet that the first order needs to get to or, or that's, what's that's, the situation. That'll be how they get to racing because Hux just wants the place because he likes racing. I hope so. That'd be pretty cool. And we get Snap too. Snap. No, <laughs> no thank you. <laughs> uh, and Mark, are, I wanted to are, ask are, they, you. are they shaking you down, son? Uh, Snap. No, Wex I gotta here. say, if Sna- if Snap Wexler appeared and spoke like that with the shakedown, like old school mob stuff, like that, actually, I'm pretty. I'm pretty okay with that. I'm, okay, I'm, okay. That, that would get me super on board with the show if it was like for some reason they talked like that. And uh, Mark, I meant to ask you, what was your take with the first order character at the end, the captain, the gold dude? Yeah. What do you mean? What's my take with him? Well, I mean, it's a captain who's basically looking like a gold phasma. He, it's Spartacus. It was Spartacus Part Two. Well, I'm just so. I mean, what what do you what are you thinking about the concept? Because originally, and for most people still, because the majority of fans and and people in general aren't watching this show, Phasma is unique in the fact that she's the captain with the different armor, oh. and that's that. Yeah, but then they but then they have uh, they have the red guy too, right? And I get that, but even still, that that's almost you could almost write that off as like a different squadron or something but here nah, is just it, another it captain with another shiny armor that's gold now i mean i think it looks cool but i'm just wondering it doesn't if really it's limited me. well is it limited limited to resistance here or is this a whole thing they're gonna or maybe they're testing it i mean what do you think about this idea of the other cat does every captain have a special stormtrooper suit what's going on i think it's limited uh, to the cartoon yeah there. it d- they're not going. I, I can say with relative ease, like that we're not in a movie going to see an array of first order captains that look like Power Rangers. With like, there's the Bronze <laughs> Ranger, I mean, Emerald. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. Sapphire. That should be kind of cool. Come to think of it, you could do it like Reservoir Dogs. You're Mr. Yeah. Pink. I don't want to be the pink. I don't want to be the pink stormtrooper. <laughs> Tough. You're Mr. Blonde. Or Mr. Pink. Like, a, like different versions of kryptonite here. Yeah. Uh, no, Rainbow. I feel like while I say that, then I think about all the new versions of troopers they've introduced just in the OT. So maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> they're not just like, they're not just like, I do know what you mean, but they're not quite, they're not just like blue, red, and green. <laughs> right, <yeah. laughs> but at the same yet, time, with that. Yet, with the yes. way Phasma worked out and everybody being upset, wanting more of her, it's not completely out of the realm of possibility that they might have someone else. What if they're just? What if they're just all like horrible? Like, I'm a sun trooper, and he just hangs out in like the <laughs> desert or, or hot areas, and this other guy they just paint him green. I'm a forest trooper. They don't even put anything like any thought into uh, it. I feel like that's happening eventually, Mark. I feel like it just <laughs> is. Just be blue. It's like. I'm a sky trooper. I, I live in the sky. I'm, I'm blue. With little bits of white puffy clouds. <laughs> oh my god, yes. He's a mirror. He's just made of mirrors. I'm a you trooper. And I make you feel good about yourself. 
That'd be good. Well, see, I, this is the Palpatine I could sign up, sign up with. <laughs> like, <laughs> the one that's basically planning like Barney-level children's programming, like lowest common denominator, the Teletubby Troopers. Oh, oh <laughs> no. He's talking baby talk. <laughs> or like a trooper with the troll head or something. The oh, hair. God, yeah, draw the troll hair trooper. <laughs> Kids love him. He's so wacky. <laughs> hey. He has a bunch of pencils for some reason. <laughs> Outreach. PR, you know? Come on. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, it'd be great. I'm super into Troll Hair Trooper. That's the best idea, Tim. <laughs> I love that one. <laughs> it gives kids pogs and weird crap. <laughs> space, space. That would pogs. be cool, though. That would be cool, though, if the troopers handed out, you know, uh, like playing cards like, like cops and firemen do. You know, or they you- should. Or like trading cards of themselves. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, yes. You gotta collect the trooper. And you can only get that card from the trooper himself or herself. Yes. So, you know, good luck. Yeah. Like for example, how many uh uh I forget the name, but the trader trooper, how many cards of him are there out there? What trader trooper? What are you talking about? The one that, that, from- that shouted out trader uh, Yeah. Oh, trader trooper? Hey, the, hey, whatever yeah. happened to that guy, remember? Remember when that was the most important thing in Star Wars? <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, I, I'm not too much into nostalgia for fandoms because it was never perfect or whatever, but that was a nice time when that was the most, <laughs> that, that was the thing I saw most frequently. I was like, yeah. hey, you know, you know, I could use that. Use, hey. Like, JJ, just bring him back. Just 45 minutes of that guy swinging crap around. No, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm sure everything will work out. They'll save the franchise. <laughs> Just have to go to different places like Trader Joe's. <laughs> he just goes in there. He's like Trader. Like, yeah, Trader Joe's. You're right. Thank you. And he just swings the thing around. People give him a few quarters, and he goes to the next place. <laughs> or like yeah. you know, at, at birthday parties, everybody's serving cake. The one kid has ice cream, and he shows up, points to that kid, Trader, and then leaves. Yeah, yeah. I see this being a good thing. These little balloon animals. Almost like a like the Star Wars birthday clown, but uh, Trader. Yeah, I'm into it. So, wow, that, that went down a rabbit hole. I guess, going back to Resistance, uh, what at this point, Mark, do you think, like, if you're writing the show, what kind of thing would you do to try to get yourself really back pulled into it? I would have, I would have Kylo go to the monolith or whatever, looking for the kids and just destroy the place. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that would be interesting. Do it, do it, do it at night. So it's dark. Have half the half the people just no longer be on the show. You don't have to show them die. They just like where where's where's mom? Uh, she's not here anymore, son. <laughs> and he, wow. and, yeah, you can just see people just jettisoning off the the side into the water in pieces, and uh, then it's like okay, we have to stop this first order. And then, and then season finale. I mean, I will say I love the concept. Of... And it segues directly into racing. No, uh... <laughs> we got to get our minds off this. Racing season starts. It's not, there's, there's not like they're doing racing. So no, no, I know, I, I know you're saying it's just funny. Because <laughs> like, that's before you started, I was like, I wonder if it's gonna get them to racing. <laughs> you know, like Kylo comes and destroys everybody. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind that as an idea. Like 
especially like acknowledging that you're not like asking for it to be gory or whatever. There's there's no reason why they can't do that. That stuff. Not only does that happen in kids shows, even though people like always like pretend it doesn't. We've talked before about how, like from the beginning, like what it feels like every other Disney movie when we were like when, from not just when we were kids, but like from the beginning has like dead moms. Uh, I mean, some of them like Bambi. Like it happens. Like Bambi's mom dies like like that there's no but you know punches being pulled there's no questions there's no like oh i wonder what happened oh she's in a better place it's like no no she got shot she's dead <laughs> blood out baby cried you're like oh no <laughs> this is heartbreaking you <laughs> little kid because it forces you it confronts kids with death in a way that isn't like beating you over the head and like morbidly about it but it also isn't pulling any punches and there's nothing wrong with that and i think that you know a, a more sugar-coated version of it where we don't see it on panel, but it still happens. Or not on panel, it's a comic book thing, but on screen, um, but it still happens, I think it's fine. And like, and I've said it before, I'll say it again, Disney XD did that before with Tron, before we ever got to Star Wars with Tron Legacy. So, or not Tron Legacy, Tron uh, Uprising. So they could do it. So I'm, I'm all for that, Mark. I think that sounds like a good idea. Yeah. Well, and I like what you said, Mark. I like the visual concept of it. The way they're doing the animation, having Kylo at night and like maybe with his lightsaber on, or I don't know how deep they're going to go, but I'm just like the visuals of that, I think would look, potentially look really great. If steam, steam coming up from the lightsaber while it's raining, you've got uh, him and him and his troopers. You can even have Phasma there. But again, you know, it would have been really cool if they started this off as just a really fun show in the beginning with the mm-hmm. racing and this and that, and then it just starts to get a little bit more serious. It right. hasn't started with the racing. So as it gets serious now, like Jared said, it would be odd if suddenly they're like, race break, and they just go and like, you know, start doing racing. I, I haven't seen any racing in the show, except for maybe the first episode. Right. Well, and he and hasn't even got second his- one right. Because I watched that one. Isn't that the one where the guy you don't like uh niku or whatever was like he's the best and everybody oh yeah yeah but i mean but, but yeah. literally the second episode i think is the what the last time they actually did it because yeah, that's the, we're on episode eight right now and, and every and time you've talked about it everything that i've missed you've said no there's no race <laughs> his, ship, his ship's still being worked on <laughs> six episodes later yeah. <laughs> and mean, again there's still not that uh that that german chick for lack of a better, uh, you know, I don't know what she's supposed to be, but she does look space, like space German, Russian, Russian, space Russian, space Rusky. Uh, I like it. Yes, I don't know. I, I'm still watching it. I still, I still find myself uh, enjoying it while I watch it. But again, it, it's not like, you know, I, I was, I was late because I was watching Narcos Mexico. I, I got Netflix again because Narcos Mexico came on. So for me, that's that's mu- that's musty TV, right? This I don't even speak Spanish. Gotta read <laughs> subtitles. No, but I, dude, I'm but with not, you. There's, I like a lot of stuff with subtitles, and I just watch most stuff with subtitles. I have to. I really do. I, I can't, especially especially with stuff like Game of Thrones and uh, and like Lord of the Rings. It's like who, what? <laughs> I usually do. I, I'd already started to anyway, but uh, now watching a lot of stuff with my with my girlfriend, she uh, prefers it that way. So I think I'm a little more diligent. And I've even before that, I just started to like pay more attention to some of the stuff in subtitles and and in captions. And sometimes they really crack me up, like just the way 
situations are described or like the way they'll they'll put lyrics in uh when you can hear them clearly but like it's in between important stuff and i'm like i don't think that that's really helpful right now like, it feels <laughs> sort of confusing well and, i had i had one the other day it was south park in the caption kenny right uh-huh and i was like wait a second what because they don't caption him all the time but he was, just ta- he was just talking normal and cursing and in south park in general anyways on hulu holy crud <laughs> i i don't even think i'll ever watch it on comedy central again because it's not censored whatsoever and i don't understand how they censor it now on comedy central because the one there was a long i can't even say it because we're trying to be somewhat pg on the show but there's just a long section that i was like i don't i don't get how this would even make sense as much as they would have to censor it <laughs> it was it was pretty long descriptions of things so anyways so that, that actually it just kind of reminds me of a concept people have discussed before and like right now we have deadpool 2 is going to be released again in a couple weeks as a pg-13 version of the movie so kind of with that conversation do you still feel like we're ever going to get a more serious more like like close to, closer to R-rated type of Star Wars or perhaps on the streaming service or is that never going to be in the plans? I think anywhere. In the current, I think in the current climate right now we will find out with Mandalorian. Uh-huh. Well, like depending on how how that goes rating wise. Yeah, if that's if that is more adult, if that's Netflix Marvel level, then that's what we'll get. It's uh, not going to be that level. It's not. I do not think we're going to see anything even remotely approaching like cable television. You're not going to see. I, I think you're probably right, and I hope so too. Frankly, I don't. I look, man. You know, I used to be all for just random, random TNA as a kid watching, you know, movies, and even as a young adult, I'd be like, yes. Now, <laughs> now I'm just like, again, again. How come every show I watch has to have nudity in it? See, or has see, I'm, to have not, sex I'm not. In it? I'm not quite that level, but I do feel similar. No, and I feel <laughs> similarly. Where like I, I absolutely can tell a difference. Where if I'm watching a a really good network show, and there are still several, or every once in a while, and you know, there's a few, you know, you know, that pop up that are great and tr- truly like seem like they should be on a cable network. And there's basic cable stuff that doesn't get quite as heavy, even though they keep pushing the envelope more and more and more to be like. Netflix and premium cable. But that being said, if it is a great show and I watch it on HBO, it doesn't matter if it's just a silly comedy or if it's a weird period thing or if it's a sci-fi epic or a fantasy whatever, I know there's going to be a lot of boobs and I know there's going to be a lot of sex because it's HBO and like that really is the brand is like high quality and lots of stuff that you'd have to you have to send your kids to bed because we don't want right. them to see it. And, and like, and why? Th- why? Why does everything need that? See, it's horrible for me because I, you know, I, I've been doing the Game of Thrones rewatch lately, and the and the volume's up because it's like yes, and then all of a sudden it's just loud sex. Let's say. Well, and sometimes <laughs> oh. not great. Sometimes not a pleasant sex scene. Yeah, it, it's 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 like come on, come on now. <laughs> no, <laughs> for sure, this. the whole scene with what's or season and whatnot with. Uh, or seasons with the other uh, bastard. Is it Ramsey Bolton? That yes. God, that whole thing like that. Oh my gosh. They just, they beat us over the head 
with how evil he is. Every chance they got, they were just so indulgent, whether it was gore or sex or uh, sexual assault or whatever. It was not fun. Like it was, it was, it was grown worthy. And there were a couple times in that season. I, I think it was that season where they really pushed hard out with him, where I was just like, do I even want to watch the show anymore? Like, 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 like I questioned it for a little bit and I did end up coming, staying on. And then I got to where I enjoyed it even more again, but it was like, it tested my patience and like, I could have easily walked away from that show as a result. And, and, and I'm not like, I'm not a, a, you know, puritanical or prude about that stuff at all. Like, like, so that's saying something to me, I, I think, I don't know. I'm well, I'm not, I, at the same time, I'm not like most people I know where like, I was I was put off by the first Kill Bill just because I don't mind that kind of blood and gore, but it just felt like over the top to the point where it was like distracting to me. Like, well, it's supposed to be right, and I know, but 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 it was just it was done in such a way where it just felt overly indulgent. And like the movies that it's tributing, I enjoy a lot of those a lot more. But it itself, like, it just it didn't super appeal to me. You know, I don't know. Well, no, there's nothing wrong with that. Everybody, something appeals to you know. Everything's designed to appeal to somebody in a, in a sense, but at the same time, you know, I, I, I don't think we need that in Star Wars. I, oh, I, I think the, I agree. Rogue Rogue One, I don't. I wouldn't mind a little bit more violence, a smidge, but I don't want it to get into R-rated territory. So, like violence-wise, and then I guess honestly, if it's going to venture into our territory stuff, that is primarily where it would because it is a war <laughs> that's the whole basis of the series um yeah but i still don't i still don't think with with most things nowadays you you don't have to i think what sets it apart is somebody getting shot is is not going to stop is not going to make it an r what's going right. to make it an r is like a lingering death or or you know bloody entrails or, or somebody you know dying right. or gurgling on their own blood or something like that or a bunch of f-bombs which we have no reason to ever have in star wars yeah and right. i hope they don't invent a, a star wars curse either besides what was on rebels that's fine leave it there <laughs> i, I kind of loved carabast see i kind of love stuff like that growing up like like the legion of superheroes comic books i really liked like them saying Stuff like grief was what they was what they like said instead of grief or, but like they use it as a as a swear word and like oh grief like like and and I forget there were other ones too and uh, Batman Beyond had shway this was, was but that, that went more cool but it's I don't know f- future slang and curse curse words and that sort of stuff has always I thought been okay but it has to be used super sparingly like you can't. You yeah. can't use it all the time because, like you can say, it gets distracting at that point, right? When then, yeah, then it just becomes a catchphrase on a TV show, and it doesn't become a, a part of the language of the, the world anymore. You know, but it becomes right. Catwabunga, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of uh, uh, Power Rangers and Ninja Turtles, now what else can we bring into Star Wars? Did we um, even talk about? Uh, did we even talk about Cassian yet? Last week, we did. Yeah. Do we really? It's hard to yeah. say when stuff's dropping lately. No, we talked about what, you know, we were right. I do believe there was one piece of news that was previously reported and is now been confirmed, right? That uh, Pedro oh, Pascal, yes. which was yes. something I immediately thought of you, Mark, because I know you are slightly infatuated with this man, as, yes. as, as, as anyone should be. He's amazing. He's great and everything. I don't know. And I, I still know. really wish. Right now, my, my, uh, here's the thing. Narcos, Mexico, 
Diego Luna is the lead. He took oh. over. He, he took over for Pedro Pascal in the other seasons. Is this gonna take? Is this gonna steal your heart? Are you gonna? You gonna convert? I want to. I want to see them buddy cop it up, but there's no way they would. And the timelines don't work. Uh, but they do. They just. I was. They just had the narco cinematic universe in this episode. I had to stop. That's why I was. Oh late. no, not in that. I meant uh, in what Star timelines? Wars. In Star Wars, Cassie and Cantina with this oh, Mandalorian. Sorry, I'm, th- I'm thinking about Narcos. Leave me alone. <laughs> I think um, I, he, here's the one thing just from watching this show I, I, I've learned. I haven't seen a lot of Diego Luna, obviously, before uh, before Rogue One. And I've already spent more time watching him than I did ever in Rogue One. Guy's a great actor. Uh, and so yeah. I'm, looking forward, I'm looking forward to seeing you know the depth of character that he can bring uh, to casting for I don't know how many episodes we're going to get. But uh, he's good. He's really good. He he, he definitely emote. So it should be exciting. I'm I'm so happy you're on board uh, with that and with him because I love that guy and uh, that's fantastic. I, I don't want filler though. I really I, I'm so over filler. <laughs> See, I feel like that's what you're gonna have to get used to though, especially like with the idea of the saga's ending. That it's all sort of gonna be filler. It's all, no, no. It's what just... I mean is, tell. Uh, here's the thing. I keep saying here's the thing. Oh, no, I, no. I, I know. What you, I think I know what you mean. Then, like, just just efficiency, efficiency of storytelling as a TV season or whatever. Yes. Like, if, like, you like, have no a, if you have a story to tell, if you have a story to tell, then tell me that story. I don't need you to like. The last one that really bothered me was The Punisher on Netflix because they stopped to just spend lots of time with Frank Castle. You know, I don't know, being really creepy with uh, micros. Was it micro microchips? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, with micro's wife, yeah. his wife and kids, while while micro watched it on the on the closed circuit televisions he installed in his old house. And I'm not talking like an episode, multiple. No, episodes. I know what you mean. I I I actually I didn't mind the Punisher's pacing versus the other stuff because I because I felt like overall each of the different characters. I can't remember was it. What was his friend's name? I can't remember the guy, but the guy who who uh, I think had had a prosthesis and who was uh, ran the, like the support group. That between that guy and Microchip and the guy who was faking it and the guy who was kind of radicalized and the guy who became Jigsaw. Spoilers for Punisher. All these guys, like, I felt like they showed different ways war affects soldiers and impacts them. And I I, I enjoyed it overall, but I do agree with you in general. And I, and I don't think Punisher is perfect, but well, I think it's better than some of the other Marvel shows. Like we've talked about this before, I think maybe on the show and definitely off where like British shows have it better. Like, like they have, they have yeah. there's no fear or weirdness for a British series to have three seasons of six episodes and that's it. That's all they ever want to do. They don't care if it was a giant success. They're just really good, or they do come back, but they still they still don't make them twenty episode or even twelve episode seasons. Like when Luther comes back again, it's probably gonna be six episodes or something. Good, or, or you know, because that's what, the what they one, do, the that's what they do. Three, yeah, but that's what they do. They do like between like three and eight, right? Like it's like there's never more than that because they don't need it because they tell one contained story. And I do agree with you that like either do that or uh, like I was just talking about uh, Shield and. You know, they started doing the last, I think, two seasons where they split them up into like two part arcs that are connected. And That's there's great. even stuff that comes back from the first arc at, at the end of, the, of each season, but they're really clear. And that way, you know, if it's an 18 episode season, there's nine episodes on this arc and nine on that arc. And it's really, it makes it 
much better than if it's 24 episodes with some sprawling thing and there's one bad guy. And like as much as I love shows like X-Files where there's only one giant sprawling bad guy for the whole freaking series, it, you know, or, or Buffy where it was very similar with like a season long bad guy, like they struck a balance where they, where they were uh, uh, both standalone episodes and then the, then there were like ongoing mythology episodes and standalone episodes and ongoing mythology episodes. And I think a lot of TV emulates that in America now, like as far as action television, but they haven't gotten that X Files E or Buffy formula down well at all. So instead, it just drags because the standalone ones don't feel like satisfying character building stuff or like satisfying episodes. They just feel like filler and they don't know how to do those well. And you have to be really good at those to do it. And Overall, like you said, I just prefer the shorter ones. Like Amazon did a uh, tick and divided up the first season into two parts of six episodes, and it's one story, and that's it. And you know, it's twelve episodes telling a single season's worth of story, and it's fantastic. Like, like I, that's See, if you look at if you look at the Marvel shows, and and this is the only reason I worry, but even I still think they're produced by somebody else. But the the Marvel Netflix shows have a really strong A story. And then they have a, a weaker B story. So they introduce the A story, and then they just get sidetracked in the B story for about six episodes. They conclude that and then resolve the A story. And it's like, I don't need that. Just give me the A story. And then maybe later make the B story better and make that a different season. You know, I, I worry about that a little bit with some of these shows. Uh, we'll have to see how it goes. But I'd rather, you know, I'd rather have, you know, two seasons a year, six six episodes each than one, you know, 12 season or 12 episode season. Like give me smaller, more self-contained stories. Cause, Cause even six episodes, that's, that's more than rule one. That's more than, that's more than, uh, oh, yeah. we just, a six we episode just, Cassian story is going to be longer than, than the original trilogy. We just talked about um, this cause I, you watched it when it first came out in May or whatever, but I didn't, I just got, caught up with um cobra kai right oh yes that was great storytelling very efficient there were several threads several characters focusing in and out but it was eight oh no no 10 episodes and there was and it felt like it felt very much like there was getting to a certain point in the first five because slight spoiler for that uh uh johnny lawrence's character uh billy zabka from the original karate kid uh he uh, uh has a son who's introduced slowly in the first half, whose arc like kind of crossing over in the main story really starts at the end of the fifth episode. So it's like the second half of the season is sort of like shifts gears a little bit. The focus, it focuses a lot more on him. Whereas before he was just a very, very minor side character, except for a few scenes and a few episodes, but and, and like you could tell, but they were grooming him for something more important, especially towards the end of that first half. But, but it was, I felt like it was very efficient storytelling. Like you were just talking about being so much more than Rogue One. Like the first Karate Kid movie is like what? Between an hour and a half and two hours long. And this is, you know, 10 almost half hours of television. Like it's like five hours. It's basically over two hours. It's over two full movies spread out, you know? And, and, the way it's spread out, I don't know, man. It's awesome. It's great, great television. And I and I do feel like those shorter seasons, you know, ten or twelve, I feel like should be max. And, and there should be nothing wrong with the seasons that are, are like three or six. Like like that should be more, much more commonplace. I'm trying my hardest to think of a segue here, and it's taking me a while. Is it about the actual segue? Like, 
No, no. Here's here's a sec. Is uh is uh Action Jackson really in uh, Mandalorian or no? No. Come on. (laughs) Did you expect me to say yes? Well, they said he was rumored. Uh, Well, define in it. Are are we talking like Constable Zubio? Or is is Carl Weathers in Mandalorian? I mean, I don't know. Okay. Good job, Tim. <laughs> You're supposed to know this stuff. Yeah, I, I think we all proved on Twitter recently that I'm not always aware of everything going into the show. Where? Well, who said that? Oh, yeah. You like, <laughs> you like that, huh? No, not really. I mean, yeah. I, I appreciate knowing that now. I don't know what's going on, but I'm happy about it. Uh, <laughs> no, no, don't catch me up. I like living in ignorance. Tim, uh, Tim, Tim was salty over the quality of my uh, <laughs> my sound, and just decided to uh, no. laugh at me. Yes, yes, you were. Tim, Tim just basically decided to, to tell everybody in the in the Twitter sphere that uh, <laughs> he would have he would have the shows out much better if the quality of my mic or my uh, recording okay. wasn't horrible. Uh, Which, okay, decided, that's not that's not what I said. I could go find the tweet and read it. Yeah, but, you can because that's not what I said. Okay, hold on. Go ahead and talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'll go ahead and throw in this this quick note that for everybody, hey, Thanksgiving is coming up this week, uh, and I'm not going to go into Wegmans right now. But oh, oh come on, man! With, no, not no, right now, no but with Black stuff. Friday coming up, I just want to let everybody know that Battlefront Two. If you're interested and have been waiting, since we are a Star Wars show, I have to bring it up that it's going to be I think about fifteen twenty bucks somewhere around there, depending on where you get it. Uh, <coughs> just something. To have in the back of your heads if you're interested if not that's fine but just wanted to throw it out there you back mark no i'm still looking I'm gonna, i can I'm probably gonna... find it faster hold on let the tim do this I, I got Here i got a is. distraction I found it. all right so, tim go and then i got a distraction for mark uh, i got a seg- segue into it what do you call it uh, uh, rambling uh, okay so so <laughs> my, my tweet says quote 99% of recent editing for Podcast 287 is basically me editing out all of the random background noises from Mark's line when someone else is talking. I don't know what he does when we're recording, but he's certainly an active one. How is that saying that you have a crappy microphone and you're ruining the show? You're basically saying that, that I'm, I'm your problem. 99%. 99%. Recently, okay. of recent editing, so the past like two episodes, it's just something I've noticed. What was the response to that, Tim? What did I ask you? You asked me um, if, if you should be a better person, and I said yes. No, no, no. What did I ask you? You said latter half of the podcast. Question what did you say? It, it occurred about halfway through. The end was fine, but about halfway through was when the highlight was. That's not what you typed. I, well, I typed about halfway largely. And then what, and then what was the next one? <laughs> what is uh, happening? <laughs> <laughs> it said uh, most weeks, not just this past one. Meaning most that I, I don't mean most overall. I mean the most pa- like I don't know past most month. weeks. Most weeks does not equal two in anybody's world, Tim. So for you to sit what? here and say now you're only referring to the last two episodes. I didn't say two. Did I say that? I swear you just did. What is? I don't even. Know I, what's I, I, thought, I thought I just said the past month. No, you said just now, but you said past I, couple, I past just two. said month. I hope everyone listening to this can can <laughs> can go back and rewind it. But anyways, Tim, you, Tim has you implied that it's been a long you uh, implied <laughs> a long term problem. 
So when so when uh, so when time came for me to give you a gentle ribbing, I did <laughs> about about the quality of you as a host. So there, Tim. And then you called me Pringles, and, and I'm not Pringles. That's the intern. That's well, true. Well, we know Tim is not Pringles. That's just silly. I love you both, and I love you, Pringles. Uh, so you typed it under the out. podcast two hundred eight seven account. No, I didn't. It was my personal account. I don't think so. Hold on. Yes, it was. I, like, I'm reading it right now, and it's my account. He's okay. So, Mark, <laughs> hold on. <laughs> I, you're gonna like, I think, my line of super nerdy, weird uh, d- uh, diversion. But I'll let you. I mean, I'm looking at it. I don't know what you need to look up. It's quality okay, podcasting. So... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You said wow under podcast 287. In response to your jab at me, but the 99% of editing was me personally. Podcast 287 because Pringles wrote that tweet. Oh, yeah, just a wow was Pringles. Oh, you're saying your reference to Pringles was because of the podcast account tweet. Yes. Okay. Well, that that would, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Pringles would speak on your behalf, but of course he does do all this or or leave it. (laughs) Uh, it's as good a segue as any. This just this just reinforces to everyone out there in, in Twitter land how tweets can be misconstrued. That you may think that you're having fun and playing around, or it may not be a big deal, and somebody may have a bad day, and they may and they may uh, uh, take it personally, or you meant nothing, and somebody thinks that you're being offensive. So either way. Let's just try and think about maybe what the other person really meant, and let's not always assume the worst in people. Let's be better people. That, that was like a learning moment. I, I think it's that's uh, generally pretty good advice. Like, just try not to see the worst of people. It's okay. Like, I think that people shouldn't feel badly. You know, I try to be very positive. Like, if they're not able to, I don't know, be that vulnerable or whatever all the time, and if you're in a bad mood and you're not, you're not in, in your best state, you don't have to always see the best in everybody. But just in general. Trying to always see the worst of people because that's not going to help either. Like it's not well, that's not real, you know. And with social media overall, regardless of Twitter, whatever it is, just the internet, you know, there's there's no real human interaction there. It's it's all through text, and mm-hmm. you you get from that what you are, what you see, it's almost like a reflection of what your current state is sometimes too. Yeah, it's not even really it's not even real people. It's just Russian bots. <laughs> well, that that wouldn't help things either. All right, so. Speaking of bots, here's, here's, my, here's my transition. <laughs> it's a bit of, bit of a legit, legit one. So, Mark, yes. I feel like this is not a crazy question, but maybe uh, you didn't because when they came out, did you ever read any of the Marvel Godzilla comics? Oh, sure. That was my very first comic I ever got. Uh, I figured you probably did, but I wasn't 100% sure. So I just had a brilliant idea because they can't use, like, for whatever reason – Different licensed stuff had different rules. So when they did the Godzilla comic, I, like none of those characters that were in it, even the ones that were like worked for for Stark Enterprises or for uh, Shield, none of the characters that were unique to it and appeared in it appear in any Marvel comics since the the Godzilla series. The only thing that appears in it that was unique to it that Marvel kept is Red Ronin, the giant uh, Stark created uh, Mecha that was used okay. to fight to fight him and they've used red ronin several times since then there was also a line of toys called the shogun warriors do you remember yep. them oh yeah I, I had the i had godzilla and i had uh 
I had, uh, I guess it was Transorzy, but it, they called it, it was Mazinger. I had Mazinger also. So in, in the Shogun Warriors uh, toys, they took three of them, three, three of the Shogun Warriors and gave them like a Marvel comic. And they had, it was a licensed comic and they had like, oh yeah, like 20 I, issues, I think. Uh-huh. And so I, I, I thought because they preserved those characters, the, the pilots were created uniquely for the comics and they appeared in a Fantastic Four issue later on and then an Avengers issue. So they're still around too. So I feel like the Japanese woman who piloted uh, Kambatra, the, the Shogun warrior uh, giant uh, mech, should pilot Red Ronin and they should bring back Red Ronin because Pacific Rim and Iron Man and whatnot. That's, 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 the, that's my theory and my thesis and my, uh, my proposition. <laughs> Marvel, bring back uh, Genji Odashu. Have her pilot Red Ronin. There you go. And and you know what would be an excellent medium to do that? It could be the Star Wars novels and, and comics that they have, right? And speaking of, at Celebration this year, they said today... I do not endorse crossing over Marvel and Star Wars, to, to clarify. Go on. Uh, they said today that for a celebration coming up this year in Chicago, some they announced some of the guests, and they included among several uh, Timothy Zahn and uh, Claudia Gray and Delilah Dawson and a few other uh, authors for Star Wars. And is, I think I Wendig, saw is Chuck Wendig on that list. I didn't see him there. Uh, oh. that's right. <laughs> um, hey, question, Tim. Uh, yeah, I know yeah. you love Tim Zahn. I just have two two part question. Do you like him because in his books because his name is Tim? And follow up question: If he had had been replaced with an evil clone, would we know it's an evil clone because he goes by Tim Zahn? Okay, well, let me take this one at a time. The first one about uh, Dwellican because of his name. Uh, it's more of a correlation than a causation. I don't like him because his name is Tim, but just in general, all Tims are awesome. So that's probably why he has that name because he is awesome and I like him. Therefore, so that's one um, bias we need to reprogram. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the other one, uh, oh, will we know if he's a clone? Well, I can say that the the press release or whatever they did at Celebration says Z A H N, no apostrophes, no double letters, just Zahn. So unless they're breaking the code of honor with clone names, it should be him. Hmm. Does that work? Should we Those are acceptable, acceptable answers. Uh, I believe Tim is implying it's the clone, but he can't say it directly because he doesn't want to get uh, sued. <laughs> um, so so we are we? So, he, so here's the que- here's here's the question on everyone's lips: Are we getting uh, uh, are we getting spinoff novels for Mandalorian and Cassian, and are we getting spinoff books, art books? Uh, making of books. I mean, I imagine we're just going to get, at one point, it's going to be really expensive to be a Star Wars fan. I mean, yeah, it'll probably be like that to some extent. They do have like the, if they even have an art book for each show, like they, they'll probably have stuff like the DK guides like they did for Rebels, you know? And you know what? You know what? Well, yeah, the DK guy. I know, I know. Hey, hey, hey. I got my own issues <laughs> with them. They're, they they well, are my favorite things in the world, but but I don't know why, um, I'm really anal with stuff. Don't well, change, I, don't change the look of things midstream. Don't don't suddenly give me a a, a hand solo DK guide that looks like uh, the Rebels DK guide and isn't as they dumbed it down, and I, I'm angry. 
<laughs> I'm I'm okay with that, man. I get you. I don't like formats being all willy nilly. Yes, keep it the same size. Like I'm I'm looking right now. I'm looking right now at my uh, my bookshelf, right? And so the, the three art books for the prequels are all the same size, same same font, same everything, which is great. And so far, the three uh, or the four, excuse me, four, the four books for the Star Wars movies that have come out uh, since the Disney era, the art books are all the same size, which is great. So keep that up. Don't suddenly have it just be a little taller. Don't well, mess with me. But, but, but to kind of answer your question, though, I feel like there's no way for something like Mandalorian that we don't get a uh, concept art book or like artifacts of. Like, look at John Favreau's Instagram account. Like, that's reason right there to have an artifacts book for the show. You know, like there, there's so much that goes into one of like whether it's a movie or this show or something else. When are we getting announcements for this show? Probably not much for a while. I mean, they're filming it now, so. Yeah, but according to uh, our good friends over at Making Star Wars, Making Star Wars dot <laughs> Making net, Snap Wexley. Yes, they announced. He said they were filming the uh, season finale. Now, granted, I know that they do film things out of order. However, they haven't even officially announced an actor for this show. Correct. Well, yeah, but we don't even know when it's coming out, right? Just next right. year, sometime. We don't even know who's doing the score. Segway. Right. Who's doing but, the score for a uh, Cassian show? But we also have no real precedence for it because this is the first time Disney's done a TV show for their streaming service. So Whatever. they might not yeah. announce things until a month before it comes out. Who knows? Yeah, might not even typical, have typical Tim apologist. Yeah. <laughs> Shill. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I need to get one of those like uh, shirts from... Uh, uh, yeah. The, the, was Steel? it his... <laughs> no, but it has like the Disney shield or whatever on it. Yeah, yeah I need to get one of those. Apparently, yeah. I, I want everybody to have like sh- sh- names. I can't do one for Jared. But I can do one change his name to 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 Shilithy. Well, I was nope. gonna say like Tim Sneelap Wexley. That doesn't work. No, Shilithy. <laughs> Who are you Tim. talking to? Not about you, Tim. Oh, he, oh. and here's the here. Uh, all Tim's are awesome. I just need more. Can I just say any more concept <laughs> art books in my life? Yeah, feel free to say that. Okay, I'm going to because I'm starting to see. I, I'm probably one of the only few people besides uh, LA Kings Drew who still does Car Trader on a daily basis, and they're just throwing mm-hmm. a ton of concept art. And I don't have these this stuff in my books. But they, this is so the, they're they're coming out with new cards like on a regular basis. Still? Oh my god, so many! It's for crazy. some reason I thought they stopped that like a few months ago. Oh no, no. Oh, okay. They have they have sets called the Art of the Duel, which are uh, just different, really nice keyframes of uh, of uh, lightsaber battles. They've decided that now I don't know why it took them forever, but now they're just bombarding bombarding us with Clone Wars sets, Clone <laughs> Wars this and Clone Wars that, and they're also been bombarding with concept art sets and so lately they've been doing concept art for geonosis Um. and these are beautiful paintings that aren't all in my book and so Uh what i would love to see you know in the in the it'd be awesome if they just devoted some time to some of the stuff we've never seen uh from the original trilogy or the prequels uh while we're waiting or or even a, a a nice a nice clone wars slash 
Rebels concept art book might be nice. You know, I, I think all that yeah. stuff is uh, there's there feels like there should be a big audience for it. I don't know. That's soapbox. I'm getting off. <laughs> well, no, I mean, so like I one of my main draws to Star Wars as far as not the actual movies themselves, but things surrounding it is a lot of the behind the scenes things for the uh-huh. movies. Um, so, you know, whether that's the like the writing stages or concept art or uh, the the uh, what's it called? the creature shop music, whatever, just all of the stuff that goes into making the actual movie. I'm a big fan of all that stuff. So I had like the uh, uh, concept art books for Force Awakens and Last Jedi are both great. If nobody has those, by the way, you should get oh, them. Yes. I, I don't know what they are on Amazon right now, but I'm sure they're not too bad and you can get them. I'll um, go ahead and look. Keep talking. So like you learn, I don't know. I feel like you learn a lot more about the story with those things too. Cause you get where they're coming from and what the concepts and ideas are from the creator's heads that even if they didn't use it, you can see where their minds were in making what we did get in the movie. So it's like a new way of looking at potentially depending on how you took the movie. It might be a new way of looking at what they did do for the final product. And it's just, there, there's so much work and talent that goes into these things, especially like just a piece of concept art, you know, that's something that can help create the story that we get in the theater and virtually in the whole scheme of people who see the movie, nobody sees the concept art. And again, there's so much talent that goes into that and it's a beautiful piece of work. So, you know, if, if you like art, get it and look at it. So Tim, that, that art of uh, the last Jedi, that book, uh-huh. and you know how gorgeous that book is. Yeah. Tons of pages, glossy, just amazing. Great, great text with it. $16.74. See, there you go. Brand new. And I know I didn't pay that for it. Right. I paid 30 something easily. Uh, let me see. Hold on. Force Aw- what, where'd you go now? <laughs> Force Awakens. Uh, hold on. Is 23. Okay. Sorry, $25 uh, in, in some odd change. So these books are awesome. Um, yeah, and like, and Jared, I know you can understand from a personal experience, you know, how much work goes into creating a piece of art like that, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so <laughs> isn't that something that you would like to have people appreciate if you put all the time and effort into that, you know? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, fine, Mark, you go. Say what you were going to say. No, that's good. You asked the person with actual illustration skills, you know, about the... Uh, purchasing art books he's yeah yeah <laughs> what yeah, you yeah. said pal <laughs> i mean i i have i have thoughts that uh, i don't want to get into that are, uh but uh they're coming as a natural result for the other conversation but no i agree uh our art books uh, are very cool a lot of times like i've enjoyed a lot of them in the past and i think they're good purchase and they should be high quality and uh, Disney well, in general Jared, seems to have a, a, a pretty good his, history and track record of them. I don't, I don't like the Pixar ones; they're really nice. Uh, and you know, you've said that the new new uh, art books coming from the Disney era Star Wars stuff have been pretty good. Whereas, like these guides haven't all been consistent. So that's cool. What you really want to say, Jared, is that the people who did the art for these books are not nearly compensated as much as they should be. That is definitely true. Most of those people don't have any uh, rights to like residuals because of the way concept art is. 
like they just do them and then that's they, they they're basically done by commission to do the piece one time and you know like when you think about uh cover art comic art when you think about the way television works music rights work like all these other people are paid every time something is sold legally and these people are exploited they're already a lot of the times fine artists and concept artists and and comic artists and basically anyone who makes 2d art in our society and a lot of people make 3d art they're very i think underappreciated like you look at the way the stuff went with like video game companies closing down and firing people and then then appealing to their fans like asking them to like crowdsource stuff after they laid off all these people like it's are like, you talking about telltale i might be uh <laughs> but it's just in, in general i think artists work really hard and don't have a whole lot of security and we fail them like we do a lot of the people who i think do good things in our in our uh society we don't take care of them as well as we should and, and i know he was more of the writer but like stan lee can you imagine what how different things would be right now with the entire film industry and how Marvel's going if Stanley did not get the shot that he got. I know he wasn't the illustrator, but still, you know, he's he's in that kind of industry. Yeah, I mean, he was a guy who I think he came from a situation where he had a, he had a lot of opportunity, and it was uh, and he right. used it, and like he and was he had a lot of talent around him too, right? He he did, and he worked with a lot of like really talented people, but like. Fact of the matter is, he he knew which people, as the editor in chief, as long as he was, and publisher at Marvel, as long as he was, he knew the right people to hire to be like number one in his field. He just think about how famous that guy was and is, and like publisher wise, like there was a period of time it was different, but like overall, right now there are more people in the world than there have ever been, and he is by far, I think like the number two most famous publisher of all time, like you're after Hugh Hefner, like who comes close, you know, Hearst, like it's like, but how many young people have any idea who William Randolph Hearst is? And those are most people on the planet, but <laughs> most of those people have seen Marvel movies and have seen Stan Lee and every one of them. <laughs> so, right. uh, that's, sorry. You, you got beat inspiration for citizen Kane, <laughs> you know, uh, and I'm just going to throw it in there right now because I already forgot and I will forget if I don't say it right now. Happy birthday to Adam Driver because today is his birthday when we're recording this. Oh, I forgot. See, I right? I feel bad. So I, I just remember. So I just want to throw that in there right now before we move on and forget about it again. He's a pretty good actor. I mean, I, I hope one day he gets a break in some big franchise, you know? I like, I like that guy. Okay. He's a relatively undiscovered talent. And that's right he's underappreciated he yeah. should get that that award that talent deserving of wider recognition because nobody knows about him right yeah you know they talk about how hard it is to find unknown actors to do big roles and speaking of last week i had a discussion with all of you and we were gonna find uh, we had homework digital homework because let's say that we were put in charge of casting a young Count Dooku for a young Count Dooku movie or series or whatever. So we also wanted people on Twitter to participate in this. So we have some answers that I'll go through from tweets that we got. In addition to at the end, we're going to go through who we think should be young Count Dooku. I mean, as far as I know, this series or movie isn't going to happen, but Hey, let's discuss. So, 
Let me find the first person that we had to respond was, I believe... Can I, hey, can I say something real quick? Yes. Easily, in my opinion, account do series... Account do. Account do series uh-huh. would be far more interesting than anything... Well, I, I like The Mandalorian, but it's definitely more interesting than Cassian. The, the potential... The potential. It's more unexplored, you think? Yeah, I think so, because wasn't uh, wasn't Qui-Gon his pupil? Yes, and yeah. I can see I do see what you mean. However, my counterpoint would be in a weird in a weird way we've spent so much time in the prequel era with Jedi on television then No, it, we haven't. Yes, we have because of the Clone Wars. We have not spent any real time Prior to Phantom Menace. Oh, okay. I I'll agree with that. I totally I totally agree with that part. You know, that clarification. But I'm still thinking of like I've seen Jedi and Apprentice stuff on television so much versus the Cassian stuff. But I think at the same time, I do understand your instinct because every piece of media we get other than that, most of the books, all the comics, everything else is in that OT era that Cassian's story is going to be in. So I do know what you mean, like like, like for sure. I, I I get the vibe, but I still don't feel like it's like I don't feel like it's overrepresented yet on television, especially like live action. But I don't at think the same, anything's... sorry, go ahead. But I was gonna say, at the, at the same time, I know what you mean, like just because we we don't know Dooku at that age at all, we don't know if he'd already been swayed or if he's already. You know, we don't know how long that process took, and we don't know how he related to any of his other pupils or if we could get a young Qui Gon. Like just imagine getting to cast a young. Uh, Liam Neeson, you have to find some kid with a particular set of skills. Young Liam Neeson's? Yeah. Yeah. You know who else was trained by Count Dooku? Who? Trained by? Yeah. General Grievous, right? So that could be a nice, you know, spinoff, you could say, for them once they finish their Dooku. Yeah, once they finish their Dooku show, transition it, like he can pop up at the end and transition to the Grievous show. We could have a sitcom just called the Neberries. I I don't think that's what I had in mind. No, no. The 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 Neberries of Nebu, and it'd just be like the Neberries of Nebu, and you just watch that. <laughs> oh, I would watch the hell out of that. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. Anyway, sorry. Continue. Uh, so for Young Count Duke, the first person that we had reply was Johnny from Rogue One. And he said, Taryn Edgerton, uh, I always say it wrong. Is it Edgerton or Edgerton? I always want to say whatever it isn't. I like him as an actor. I don't see him as Dooku, maybe because of the physicality, because he's like a tiny little guy with a squat head. I, I, I like him, but I just can't imagine him ever growing. He's already an adult. I can't imagine him growing into Christopher Lee, you know? I can, yeah, I'm, I, I see I what actually, you mean. I actually kind of see him as a really good young uh Liam Neeson has a really, a really good young Qui Gon, and knowing that like no one was giving huh. what's his face dirty looks, no no one was giving uh, Obi Wan dirty looks at being like a twenty five year old when he graduated. So I, I, mean, I, don't I think it's, see that. I, I don't even think it's out of the range for him to be playing like a, a, a Padawan almost ready to become a knight. You know, especially during a time of peace where they didn't have a whole lot of time to have that crazy, you know, in in real life trials. You know, right. Um, I have I have my casting in mind. I do I like him as an actor a lot. I think and I, and I think he could pull off like the pathos stuff. So I think that's not like a bad choice. I can see him doing the sword fighting too. So uh, 
so we got that from Johnny. The next one we had was from Colin, and he said Aaron Taylor Johnson. I like that one a little better for the physical part of it. I like him. It's the kid, kid from Kick-Ass, right? Who's also... Yes. Uh, uh, Quicksilver. Yeah, right? I was going to say, is he Quicksilver? And Godzilla. Yes, he played Godzilla. <laughs> no, no, in Godzilla, he was married to his sister from, uh, from yeah, from Avengers, right? Right. Which was directed by Gareth Edwards to bring it all back. I like, I like both those choices. I like both those actors a lot. I would love to see them in Star Wars. Uh, I'll go ahead and I'll say that uh, Jesse, what he said was one I was considering. It's not my pick at the end, but I had thought about this. He said Michael Fassbender. Good choice. Feels super on the nose, like as far as Hollywood, but I, it's not a bad thing. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, I just, he has a similar, something about like the presence he has on screen, I could see kind of being comparable to Christopher Lee. Uh, Mark, you know, you've been pretty quiet. What, what are you thinking about these so far? Not yours, not your opinion on who it should be. Just what do you think about these names? I think Fastbinder so far of the ones that you've mentioned is the one that makes the most sense, but at the same time, he already played young. Ma- Magneto, right. um, which is so. so feels super on the nose, like uh, that part, right. because Ian it's McKellen like, okay, could basically be Christopher Lee in so many ways. Right. <laughs> so, so I I mentioned mine. Is that our last? Uh, no. Oh no! Give me more from the internet. And then well, I wanna... first, Mark replied with The Rock, but we're going to skip right over that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm okay with that one. Uh, Mark, Just don't he... even don't even explain it. Don't even no. <laughs> Mark, do you want to say one that was your favorite that came from Pete? I don't even know that guy's name, but I do know he's good. <laughs> I, I believe it, from what it looks like Tobias Menzies. Yeah, that's, and that sounds familiar to me. He's and, uh, one of the phrase from uh, Game of Thrones, and he's always kind of the. A oh, that's a really good pick. It that is. is great. Oh crap! He's a really bad. Uh, <laughs> he's the really uh, bad. English guy from the first season of Outlander. I don't know if there's any other seasons of Outlander he's in, but I stopped after that one. So, yeah, he's yeah, a great one. That's from Pete on Twitter. He's at the Pete, or the Pete Awakens. If anybody wants to go look, because he has a side by side of the two of them. No, um, that's really, really good. I think that's yeah. super solid. That might be the best pick. Uh, I like probably, yeah. I still like <laughs> mine, but it's not like better, it's just different. Yeah, Pete's oh, and, pick and, was the, the guy just ex- exudes sort of that uh, was it smarmy sort of. You, uh, you know, you know who he is. He's Marcus uh, 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 Marcus Junius Brutus. He's Brutus from Rome. That's right. He's Brutus, man. Like I, 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 I'm sorry, because I, I knew him from. It's like almost supplanted him as as a Brutus, but I was like, who is he? I know oh, somebody. Yeah. Time to watch. That's that why again. I love him so much. Yeah, we should both watch Rome right right after this. <laughs> Uh, so I, I do think we kind of cons- have the consensus that that's probably going to be the winner tonight. Um, but we also have another one from Jesse. He says, uh, you know, I'm going to throw a curveball in there and say Army Hammer, who, like Christopher Lee, is 6'5", so he'd already have the physicality. Did, did Plus, I, I mentioned Army Hammer, right, last week? You, I think you did last week, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, I think that's a really good one. It is a kind of a curveball because he's, he's so leading Manny, but I think he's good. Uh, and then uh, we got one from Drew. He said uh, Jamie Bell. Because he has a young Dooku look, according to Drew. I could see that. It's the guy who he played Ben Graham in the latest uh, Fantastic Four, right? Isn't that him? Uh, I didn't see that, yes. so I don't know. Yes. Okay, so the pick that I, I said, whose name I couldn't remember, I think I had mentioned he was 
towards the end of Weeds, and he was in American Gods. And he's in a bunch of stuff. Uh, Pablo Schreiber is who I was thinking of. And I still think he's a good choice. Uh, but I do think I think uh, Tobias Menzies might be of a slightly better one. But if you look up a picture of Pablo Schreiber, like he's also That's what I'm doing right now. Yeah, like if you look up on Wikipedia, the 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 yeah, picture I can see that. is pretty is pretty good. And he's just a, he's just a tall, badass dude. Like basically, I was just trying to think of knowing that Christopher Lee was a real life Nazi hunter. Not okay. <laughs> he was a spy during World War II, and then afterward, they're like, "Hey, we got some rogue Nazis around the world. We want to hunt down. Who's up for it?" And he's like, "I'm gonna go hunt Nazis." Like real life. He's an action hero in real life. Then came back and was a badass monster in all these movies and stuff. So, and he could like fence and stuff. Like, so I just thought of like who could pull that off. And he's the Mad Sweeney in American Gods. Like, basically, he plays like a crazy demigod dude who's like just uh, like a berserker. And I was like, he feels like he could go uh, murder a couple of Nazis with his bare hands like, if he needed to. So I was like, oh, maybe he could be he could be young Christopher Lee. At the same uh, height and the and crazy long reach, and and just looks like a young man who who um, could could be a badass. And so I thought he could play a Jedi as well. And I've seen him act well. So he well, I think he's a solid choice. Uh, Minzy just has like the perfect look. He's a little older, but he does. He looks he looks a lot like a young Christopher Lee. That is a good choice. All right. Well, that's what we had from Twitter. So and Jared, you said yours. I do think that's a good one. Uh, Mark, what do you what do you guys get, Mark? I don't even look at another guy's name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he he played uh, Moriarty in the uh, in Sherlock. Oh, in Sherlock. Yeah. Oh, I think I know Moriarty. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna yes. look him up real quick because I, I don't remember his name either. And um, he was also in recently in uh, King Lear for Amazon uh, with. Um, <laughs> Anthony Hopkins, which is really good, actually. Andrew Scott. Andrew Scott. That's his name. He can, like, he doesn't play, you know, obviously Moriarty's over the top, um, but he's not that way in in a King Lear. So it is interesting. Uh, I think he would be a good choice and as far as somebody who's not, like, you know, a notable name. Uh, I, I, I think uh, I think he could probably do it justice, but I'm not sure what right. age we're looking for. That it, obviously, yeah. you know, it, Pete's pick kind of ruined all that. But <laughs> yeah, because that, that guy's already 44 and he doesn't really look youthful. Whereas, like th- that's kind of why I was going with the guy I picked too. Even though he's not young, he's 40, but he looks like he could he, he could play 30 like easy. Like you look at stuff, people on TV. I mean. They have like 28 year olds playing teenagers most of the time. But, right. Like, literally, I think the girl who was the love interest in uh, Spider Man Homecoming, I think I read that she was like 29 when they shot that. It's like, probably playing a 17 year old. It's like, come on, man. <laughs> she, she did fine. She looks very yeah. useful. Oh, yeah. Like, the they hug. weren't supposed to do that, I thought. No, and they, and they don't as much, you know? Like it feels like the rest of those kids are like in their early twenties, and they really, you know, right. they're, bar- they're barely older than they're supposed to be. So yeah. they, they, it feels like in general they've they've done better, but they don't always do a good job. So um, I just want to give a quick stipulation. Wait, wait who's yours, Tim? That, that's what I'm going to give a quick stipulation for it. Oh, that yeah. I realize that there are probably a thousand reasons why this guy should not do it. The Rock. Uh, no, no, uh, and. 
Are you going to say who I think you're going to say? Is this Probably really? not, because I don't think you'd think I'd say this guy. Who do you think I'm going to say? I don't know. I'm waiting for you to say it. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> and no, anyway, uh, like, I get there are some reasons why he would not be good. Um, Idris Elba. I, I don't know. Yes. <laughs> He'd be good at anything. Um, wow, Tim. But uh, well, you, okay. sound like, you sound like me. <laughs> yeah, I know. That sounds like you talking about Pedro Pascal. <laughs> He'd be good at anything. All right, Tim. <laughs> Um, but no, so I just feel like with the right hair and makeup and all that, I would, I'm interested in the idea of Richard Armitage trying to, it out. Ooh. I'm okay. I'm okay with that in a weird way. No, like, I'm down for that. He was really? great in Hannibal. Yeah, he's great in Hannibal. Oh, wow. I thought for sure. I thought people like, um, would feel like there's just too, he's too much of his own personality to not oh, get oh, into no. Christopher Lee. No. He, he's he's the voice of uh, somebody Belmont in Castlevania. Uh, yeah, yeah. He did. Uh, he played the Tooth Fairy in, uh, you know, Hannibal. He obviously was Thorn Oakenshield in The Hobbit. And what else did he do? He was the first some, thing. Uh, I, the, the, the first thing force. I, the first thing I saw him in. He was the uh, sheriff of Nottingham in the BBC's uh, newer Robin Hood, like the like 2005 or something. 2007 uh and he was really good in it and ever since then i think i've kind of gotten this weird like in that i got like a weird budget hugh jackman vibe from him (laughs) and i've liked him more and more in everything i've seen him in but i still always got that similar like i feel like there's something in common with the two of them and he just i I see what you mean yeah he he just voiced wolverine in a a podcast like long form uh radio serial style uh audio play and then they they just like commissioned a sequel for it, and I think they're doing nice. a comic adaptation of it because it was successful enough. But, but he voiced him in it, and I was like, like, hey, someone else was like, hey, he kind of reminds me of Wolverine, <laughs> like, so, which I thought was cool. No, I could see. I th- I just think he's a really good actor, and I've enjoyed him and everything. I think I've seen him in, so I'd be down. I, I'm. I assume he's short because of the Hobbit, but that's see, that's that's, that's the thing. Just like Taron Egerton, <laughs> like I'm pretty certain from the visual stuff that I can remember, like I, I haven't looked it up, but I'm pretty sure certain that Andrew Scott, is that his name? The guy who plays Jim Moriarty and ah. Sherlock is not a tall man. Richard Armitage is 6'2". Ooh, wow. Nice. That Hobbit magic. Yeah. <laughs> gotta make those wars short. Cause like some of those Hobbits really are short guys. Uh, what, what's his face? Um, was it? Uh, Martin Freeman. Yeah, uh, and Monahan and uh, and Elijah. Wood. Oh yeah, all those guys are on the short side. They're not like really short dudes, but they're not. They're not, they're not Tom the Cruise. Have to do any special effects? <laughs> That's right. They're not Tom Cruise level short, but they're short. Hey. Oh hey. no, no. God. Oh no. What's wrong with you. Leave Cruise alone. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did somebody need to run somewhere like a robot? <laughs> with their arms. He upsettingly straight. He? Jumped across a freaking roof, <laughs> broke his foot in the fall. Knew, knew that he'd have to do it again if he didn't struggle through the pain. And lifted himself and ran towards the camera with a broken foot, so that they wouldn't have to yeah. do the shot again. I didn't say he wasn't a committed Cooper. actor, but cruise mm. <laughs> control, Dooku? baby. As yeah. Count Dooku, no, certainly not. Okay. Just want to make sure we weren't talking about that. <laughs> now, if you're going to talk about uh, uh, somebody from Top Gun being 
Count Dooku, I could actually sort of see no. Anthony Edwards by Count Dooku. <laughs> I thought I thought you were going to say uh, Val Kilmer. <laughs> hey, listen, man. Listen, I love uh, I love everything about Val Kilmer. Like, yeah, I went back for for Willow. I real genius is still one of my favorite things ever, and so, as is Willow. Uh, but no, certainly not. Um, the Doors uh, is good. Yeah. Let's go get some tacos. He's good. Uh, I don't. I don't. I just I don't care for the doors in real life, so it's just, not my favorite. You just don't. Movie. You just don't like uh, what's his name, Oliver Stone. I don't love Oliver Stone, but I I, I just don't like Jim Morrison. I don't. Uh, I, mean, I like Ray Manzarek, all right, but I'm not not a big Doors fan. All right, uh, and I'm just gonna throw in there real quick before we go. Uh, something really cool and kind of unexpected that happened recently on from Star Wars is they released a two minute video that kind of did two separate things at the same time that were awesome one we got a, a look at how galaxy's edge is coming along with uh There's disney world at disneyland there are and we saw the inside of the falcon and a bunch of other really cool stuff it looks great <laughs> and the other part of that is that they had the for, like for the music for that video and some clips a new piece of Star Wars music written by John Williams. We already, we're off to a great start, right? Uh, it's music that he wrote for Galaxy's Edge. So basically, my understanding is when you are walking around in this park, you will hear this type of music. And it is conducted by William Ross, longtime associate of John Williams. And it is performed by the London Symphony Orchestra. Or LSO for short. I was, yeah. ju- I was just thinking of that. That's <laughs> hilarious. And it made me very happy. And Mark, I'm pretty sure I can speak for you as well. And you Jared, I'm pretty sure I can speak for you as well. Because <laughs> Did you see it by any chance, Jared? Uh, no. Okay. Well, it was awesome. <laughs> and, you know how they have those videos uh, you can find on, uh, like, Brian Tyler has a bunch on YouTube of, of orchestra sessions that he puts on YouTube, right? Um, not everybody does that but you i really enjoy seeing them when i do so it was kind of like a a back and forth mix of the recording session for this track and shots of galaxy's edge kind of mixed together but anyway yeah so we have lso john williams music so it's it's a two minutes long but it's it just if you haven't seen it go listen to it because it'll make you happy so uh you know mark when you found out that we had new lso john williams so what was your First, it, it, it's 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 LSO JWM 4GE. <laughs> I was more like, are, are, really? So, and now I want to know what John was recording for, like everything. Like, we didn't get it for this. We can get it for that. Like the two minute John Williams track for Cassian, you know. Well, because so far he didn't do anything for Rogue One, right? But he did for Solo. He did the Han right. Solo theme, and we got Galaxy's Edge here, at least. Good chunk of I, I don't know how much who which composers are doing what, but we got this. Am I gonna least. get a Boba Fett theme by John Williams? That, that'd huh. be cool. Yeah. Probably not. Well, maybe, you don't know. You don't know. Maybe the start of the Mandalorian is um, the death of Boba Fett. True, it could be a flashback to to this kid. You know, to Pedro Pascal as a kid, and like Boba Fett, like like uh, gives him like flips him a quarter or something. And it's like. Like take care of a kid or whatever. I don't know. Hasn't parked the oh, slave yeah. one. Oh yeah, like that old uh, <laughs> that old <laughs> commercial. Yeah, 
Oh, I love that. He throws him his towel. Yes. And he has a Coke in his hand. Throws him the helmet. <laughs> it's better than my idea of it just said Pedro no, like, like Fett, slave one in ballet. Like Boba Fett has the mask on. He tries <laughs> to drink the Coke. It just spills all over, but he goes for it anyway. <laughs> all of these are great. This is gold. <laughs> oh, and, and he still does like the ah effect when he's done drinking, even though he didn't have any. Yeah. Oh my god. That's why they have to get Carl Weathers because Joe Green's passed away and he, he could do a physical stand-in. Uh, <laughs> They're gonna use him in the CGI like they did Tarkin. <laughs> but, but so, but back to LSO. So, uh, I was just happy about that because I didn't think we were gonna get any new Star Wars John Williams LSO music. Uh, because they they the LSO wanted to do my understanding is that they wanted to do episodes seven and eight, but they weren't able to go to LA for the amount of time that they needed to to record it. And John Williams was not able to be over in London for the amount of time that they needed to record it, and it just didn't work. Mark, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but that's my understanding. So yeah. I I I guess they could do this because it's a shorter time frame or something, but I'll take it. Well. Well, uh, you know, or, or did we even see John Williams there? No, yeah, it was William Ross. So yeah, I don't know. so he could have he could have written it at home, and then William Ross is with the LSO and records it. It's it's fair point. So, but still, LSO and William Ross has uh, recorded Star Wars music, uh, or been a conductor for Star Wars music for uh, actually. Well, I don't know. I, I can't speak for sure, but I can tell you that William Ross definitely conducted a bunch of uh, Harry Potter music of John Williams with the LSO for uh, Chamber of Secrets. Yeah, and I, I believe he also uh, conducted on Jurassic Park. And, there you go. Uh, I mean, like I said, he's a, he's a longtime John yeah. Williams associate, or however you want to put it. Also, for, for big-time Joe Green fans, I, I just looked up, he's, he is still alive. I think I just assumed, like, for some reason in my head, <laughs> That you retract place. your statement? Well, well I do it. It does it. My, my whole theory falls apart as a result. I mean, unless he's not in acting shape, you just also possible. But, uh, but I just, I imagine that I mean, Joe Green commercial taking place like so much longer ago than it did. Like it only took, like it was filmed in 79 and aired in January of 80. So like it barely beat me to this planet. <laughs> it, but it feels like it's like ancient to me just for whatever reason. I don't know. But uh, yeah, there you, there you go. Joe Green, only 72, not that old. So I, I'm not going to give you guys homework for this week. I thought about it. and the I, homework I that, liked that last one. That was fun, the Dooku one. Well, and, and the one I was going to give you right now would not be as fun, so I'll just, I can let it go for, for the week. But I might come back with something next time. We'll see. Some, some I was, fun, what fun, what yeah. I was going to do is I was going to say you have to come back next week and hum your original theme for Boba Fett. <laughs> Oh, I, um, pa- I pass. Right? Yeah, I might I give too. that a try. I might give that a try. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, feel free. If you want to do that, go ahead. Um, if you come up, if you're proud of it, if you're like, hey, I got something good, then I might try to come up with something too. But I, I don't know. We'll see. That is all I had to go over, though. So thank you both for being on and uh, creating such classic imagery as we have today. I don't even remember half of it. Like, we had Boba Fett just now. There was something at the beginning. Oh, the the... Troll troopers. That, that was you, man. Troll well, troopers. Yeah, but it was birthed from our conversation. <laughs> That's I'm a good idea doula. That's what I do. 
so I want you to make that your Twitter bio, by the way. <laughs> Just I'm a, I'm a good idea doula. That's it. I feel like that uh, that should replace influencer. Like people should be like, I'm a good idea doula. <laughs> I, I help people birth good ideas. Pay me, and I will I will I, I will help uh, you you expel a good idea from your body. <laughs> Ah, yeah. All right. Well, that's another piece of imagery right there. Um, Anyway, yeah, thank you for being on, and uh, we'll be back next time, and we'll have more awesome stuff, and we might even have original Star Wars music composed by Griddle Marks. Yes. The new new Junkie XL. It's now Griddle Marks. Nothing? Not yet. I'm, I'm busy composing. Okay, all right. I'll leave you to it. Uh, we'll be back next time. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And uh, if you have any questions or thoughts, you can always send them to us. Uh, text, call, email, tweet, shout loud enough, whatever you want to do. And uh, we'll, we'd love to do that, talk to you guys, and, and see what your thoughts are. Let, let us know if any of our opinions sucked on Count Dooku or if they're amazing and you need it to happen now or whatever. Just let us know. And we'll be back next time. Bye. Good wrap-up, Bob. I was wondering if you're going to get it in there. <laughs> That's so weird and creepy. <laughs> Sliding in your dams. <laughs>